Hey podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder of HBCU Grad. On this episode, I had a really, really good conversation with a dynamic brother who's a junior at North Carolina A&T, and he's already built his own app. We got into a lot of subjects. We talked about basketball. We talked about playoffs. We talked about how to build an app, the different challenges he ran into while building this app and his challenges moving forward. Uh, talked about life. Talked about a lot of good things. So I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to episode 13 of the HBCU Audio Experience. I am here with Romel Bolton. Thanks for joining us, Romel. And for anybody that doesn't know who you are, pretty much everybody doesn't know who you are at this point. Please tell them who you are, your origin story, and where you're from. Yes, definitely. And I'd like to just say thank you for having me on today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, you, myself, my name is Romel Bolton. I'm a junior computer science student from North Carolina A&T State University. Uh, I attend North Carolina A&T State University, and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. And uh, like you said, um, pretty much uh, my origin story from Chicago, um, definitely decided to go to college to pursue um you know, coding and just getting into tech. I've always been a tech type guy, uh, whether it was just playing video games and just want to understand how things, different things work, creating websites, apps, et cetera. So that's what led me to go to school at NCANT, one of the best decisions I ever made, just in terms of putting me on a good career path, yeah, I feel. And, um, you know, it just gave me a lot of opportunities to really excel in my field, I feel. And not even, not even just that, but aside from the regular school work and coursework that they provide me, uh, I feel like they just open doors to me exploring my passions, um, including, you know, making apps, playing basketball, just, just, it's, it's just a lot. And I'm just happy uh, the path that my life is on right now. And I'm just enjoying every second of it. Now, what made you choose North Carolina a Definitely. Yeah. So um, when I remember it was my senior year of uh, high school, I attended a school called Gwendolyn Brooks. Um, and basically, I really didn't have too much idea of what school I wanted to go to, but I did know that I wanted to enjoy the HBCU experience. I heard a lot of past positive things about it. Uh, for the most part, I my high school experience was pretty mixed. It was pretty diverse. So I kind of wanted to get in touch with, you know, my people, of course, and just trying to understand what that experience would be like and try to get, you know, be in a different environment. So uh, I actually attended the HBCU college tour and mm. that took me to, a, 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 I want to say about 20 different HBCUs along the East coast and the South. Uh, some of these schools included Morehouse, Clark, NCANT, of course, Norfolk, Howard, et cetera, pretty much all of the big ones that you could think of. And, uh, I got to ANT's campus and the energy was just so different. Um, it was, very, very welcoming. Um, it was a smile on everybody's face. The energy was there. You know, you, you didn't feel like a number at all. I've been on plenty of college campuses and it's kind of like, okay, you're just another uh, student on campus. But you really did. The first day I stepped foot on that campus, you really did. I felt like a member of the family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and after, you know, it wasn't a fluke either because once I got there, you know, people still remember my name, you know, it was and, you know, invitations everywhere, just a lot of, you know, it was really friendly and that's probably what I fell in love with the most and being able to not only just the friendly environment was which drew me to A&T but I will also say just the history of success at A&T as well um 
when I visited the campus, they had a lot of not just teachers and faculty, but they had students that were either alum from A&T or, you know, current students, of course, and they just were able to tell tell me and others, new students, about their experiences at the university and the opportunities that they were provided. It was people I talked to that currently were interning at Microsoft, Google, and for me, you know, as a computer science student, that's like the cream of the crop, you know, huge tech companies and getting with them is, I mean, honestly, it kind of felt unattainable. I just never thought that that would be possible, but to have students that really set the bar that high and just come talk to you on a personal level and just let you know, hey, you can do anything, mm -hmm. you know, just stay at A&T. We're going to give you the tools to succeed. And, you know, like I said, I mean, they, they didn't lie at all. Like, I'm really happy with the choice. And A&T is just a great family. And you know, once I graduate, I want to give back just like, you know, the different alum that I've met have given back to the university. Right. Now, growing up, you said that you're in the video games and things like that. Yeah. Who introduced you to computer science? Yeah, so in high school, I had a teacher called, we called him Mr. V. His name was kind of long. <laughs> I mm -hmm. think it's Mr. Mr. Vigilance. Um, but pretty much his class was an IT class. Um, he was the first person to actually introduce me to coding. And mm. he knew that I, I had um, a lot of video game background, you know, whether it was 2K or Madden, stuff like that. He said, hey, man, you know, you're really good at video games why not make one, you know? And I was like, oh, I never really thought of that. And, you know, that ultimately prompted my decision to choose computer science. And when I thought of computer science, I really didn't really, I didn't really know what encompassed it. Like, I didn't know if you were just fixing computers or, you know, I really thought it was like hands-on, like getting dirty engineering type stuff. But upon further, um, further coursework that Mr. V gave me, he said, hey, you just have a computer in front of you. You got your keyboard you have Google and you have a lot of software. And I, at the end of the day, you're just solving problems and you're just creating things from scratch, just things that were never there. And I just blew my mind away to uh, just have the ability to create anything that you want. Like Mark Zuckerberg, for example, like who would have thought of Facebook, you know, before he created it, you know, right. it's just, it's, it's crazy what computer science and I'm pretty sure there are plenty of other majors out there as well that allow you to be as creative but computer science, it's it's really been a gift. And, you know, just getting into coding, um, not only the coursework that I got, but I fell in love with it so much, I decided to go on different websites and just do it in my own time. Because, you know, at the end of the day, whether it's basketball or whatever your craft is, you want to practice it in your free time just so you can become, you know, the best that you can be. And I really take it seriously. And I really think that the, the results have shown that, you know, just putting in time with it, you know, you, it would just take your skills to another level. And that's, that's kind of where my coding started, uh, my coding origin started. I love video games. I wanted to learn how to create video games. And my teacher said, hey, let's get into coding and, you know, let's see what you can do with it. And fun fact, um, I did join computer science to create video games, but I actually don't do that anymore. Um, video games were, were the thing that got me into computer science and coding in general. But I found out that playing video games and uh, creating video games are two different things. But at the <laughs> end of the day, yeah, it's, you know, coding at the end of the day, it opened up my passion, which is, like you said, creating, make, you know, making applications that make daily life easier for everyone else. And that's, that's really what my plan is right now to do going forward. So growing up, uh, did you play basketball? 
Yes, I did. So I, it's crazy because I wasn't one of the uh, people that got into basketball super early, like, um, you know, five or anything like that. But I actually got into it pretty late. I consider late, maybe like 10, 11 years old. So I was, wasn't so good at first, but, uh, you know, just, um, I had a lot of friends um, in my neighborhood that played basketball. So I just wanted to get out and kind of make some friends. And honestly, it kind of took off from there. Um, I decided to, you know, start playing in elementary school. Uh, shortly after that, joined in high school. I think high school was the most memorable because uh, one, I remember it the most, but um, two, I just made a lot of lifelong friends there as well and really developed an appreciation for the game. You know, elementary school is kind of just a foreign thing, but in high school, I kind of took it a little bit more seriously. Um, outside of playing the sport, I actually, you know, started keeping track of the actual uh, NBA games, WNBA games, and really just kind of saturated myself with all things basketball and really just delved into it into a a complete a different level a different level and um it's i think that i think i wouldn't say that's what made me but i think that definitely uh was a big character development for me as well just getting out just having a release because honestly basketball while it is um you know some people say ball is life i wouldn't say ball is life but it's definitely refreshing like it's it's awesome to kind of get away from once you finish your school work to just have a release playing some basketball if you're ever stressed that's like my go-to, just calling up some friends. Hey, let's go to the court. Let's shoot some hoops. You know, it's 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 honestly kind of therapeutic to me. And, you know, it's just awesome making new friends and, you know, just going at it. You know, competition is always fun. But, uh, yeah, just got into basketball early. As of now, um, it's more recreational, more than anything. But, um, you know, I it's it's a it's a great feeling. I try to get out to the courts, especially on A&T's campus. They're out there playing ball every day. Whether it's outside, if it's warm outside, or if it's cold, we go to the the you know the local rec center. But uh, it's just it's kind of nonstop. Is 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 I credit basketball for a lot of things in my life. You know, just in terms of you know not giving up, constantly you know improving your craft, whatever it may be, and just honestly just having fun. Mm-hmm. What kind of player are you? I so I'm short. Uh, I'm I would say I would say that I'm about a five ten. I would five eleven. So I like to play the point. But honestly, I'd rather play the two. I like playing a shooting guard. Um, you know, I, I can handle the rock, but I definitely like getting the ball once the point guard brings it up and then kind of just, you know, creating some offense and, you know, looking out for others and stuff like that. But definitely a guard position for sure. All right. I heard a story uh, told by Michelle Obama's brother, who I think he coached at Oregon for a while, Oregon State. Mm-hmm, correct. And when... Uh, Michelle Obama brought Barack home and I, I don't know if it was home or to meet him for the first time. He said, okay, let, I'm going to go out and play with him because the way somebody plays basketball is usually how they are as a person. So yeah. they went out to play and he came back. He said, Michelle, you got a good one. <laughs> he takes the shot when he's open. He won't hurt you. He makes the right plat, he makes the right pass, and he's a smart player. Yes. And, and I, and I oh, took yeah. that and I thought about that, and that's really who Obama really is. He's not a real forceful guy. He's not a selfish guy, but he does the right things and he's a smart guy. And you know, so that was something that I took because I was a basketball player at one time in my life as well. So and my game kind of centered around who I was as a person. 
So that's that's pretty cool. So I kind of look at it through that lens oftentimes. You know, and that's a really interesting take. I never thought of it like that, but kind of looking back, and I think I've kind of just had that in the back of my head, but I never really reflected or thought about it. But that's totally correct. I play with, uh, you know, a lot of people. College campuses, like you said, thousands of students on campus, and uh, their character often reflects how they play on the court and how they play on the court. It reflects how they are, you know, just, you know, the staple of everything like, in terms of teamwork. Teamwork on a basketball court is, you know, passing the ball, looking out for others, you know, not being selfish. But you think about it, that reflects in everywhere, whether in the classroom, whether in the workplace, you know, you got to be a team player, being able to communicate, you know, calling out plays or just, you know, calling screens out. Communication is a big thing, you know, so I, I totally agree with everything you just said. That's that's really eye opening, in my opinion. And that's why, you know, I think that's another one of the main reasons I love basketball, because you really can get to know a person on a different level, as mm -hmm. well as, uh, you know, just connecting to them, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's an interesting take. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. He, uh, you know, and I knew it as well, but it, it had never been diagnosed and, and said that way. So once he said that, I said, that makes a lot of sense. So I started to be cognizant of it. And I said, that is one of the realest things that anybody that's been associated with the game of basketball has ever said. Definitely. And just want to stay away from the people that commit, three flagrant fouls every game. Like, yeah, I can imagine how you are off the court. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now, who do you think is going to win um, these this in this NBA this year? Yeah, so you got two – well, you got the two conference finals uh, playing well, right well, now. Well, first off, I don't mean to cut you off. Who did you think was going to win before the, before the playoffs even started? Definitely. I, honestly, coming out of the East, uh, you, I would have argued the Celtics. I would have argued the Celtics, and I would have argued Golden State going out of it, and I probably would have picked Golden State winning it all anyway. Mm -hmm. But, man, was I surprised about the Celtics? I was like, wow. I mean, honestly, it was a lot of drama during the season, you know, with Kyrie Irving, you know, leaving and kind of wanting to take the leadership role. But things didn't gel that way, you know, and, like, you see, you know, everything is kind of an experiment, especially when, you, you know, not even just on a basketball team, but if you go into a, a different group of guys or a different group, you know, you got to get along with people. And if you don't, then, you know, it just won't work. And that's kind of what we saw, you know. Right. But in terms of the people that I saw going to the I, – I think that are going, I would love to see Portland beat Golden State. Yeah. But I – don't know. I, I I really don't see Golden State losing. I, they've had the recipe for success for so long now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know they recently just got Kevin Durant. He was out for a while. I don't know. I believe they said he's going to return either game three or game four. But from what I saw last night, they still took care of business, you know, handily, you know, against Portland. I think it was like maybe a 20 point. It was definitely a double digit win. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, wow, you know, I, I, I just don't see Golden State losing. And and in the East, uh, give me the Bucks. I would say um, I like what Giannis is doing this year. Um, nobody, I mean, honestly, before the season started, if you were to ask me who's coming out of the East, the Bucks would not have been in my top. I, I just wouldn't say they were coming out at all. You know, I, I think that was crazy. But Giannis has had a great year. And going back to the team ball thing, right, like it's been team ball. It, it wasn't a last year LeBron hate put it in LeBron's hands and let him work and let us win the game, right? It was with these Bucks. it's so much team ball being played. Of course, you got the MVP and Giannis, but 
everybody can touch the rock. Everybody can score. And you can kind of tell that's just what the culture is. It's not a here, let this person work out. It's mm-hmm. everybody's going to touch it. Everybody's going to contribute. And that's really just the recipe for success. And that's kind of what Golden State has going on, just because they have so many players that are all great that can create their own shots. They don't have to rely on just one person to build them out. And at the end of the day, that's just teamwork. And that's what's going to get you to the finals. So I have um, I have Toronto coming out the east and I have Golden State coming out the west and I have Golden State sweeping them because I think <laughs> without Durant, they're back to that ball player, that ball movement, player movement. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a great brand of basketball that they play, you know, right there. So and I'm it, a cat. It really is, yeah. Yeah, I'm a Cavs fan, so I hate to say it, but that's what I that's what I think. Oh yeah, right. I do remember you saying you're from Cleveland. Hey, honestly, that's you all were on a championship relatively close, uh, you know, relatively recent. So I just wish my Bulls could do the same thing. We've we've been wow, it's been what ninety eight and I was and I think that's the year I was born. So right. <laughs> just hope to live to see one of them, you know. I think we really uh peaked recently when we had um one of my favorite players of all time is Derrick Rose. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I think just the injuries, you know, I really feel for him. And I think he did all he could for the city, for sure. He's the youngest MVP ever in NBA mm-hmm. history. And, um, you know, she's a Chicago kid, you know. So I really had, a, you know, I really felt with him and connected with him. And, um, you know, things happen. But, I, you know, you, as long as you, you know, go out there and put it out every night, yeah, I feel like he did, you know. That's all you can ask for, you know. I still keep up with him. I know he plays for the Timberwolves right now. He's been having a really good season, really stretch, really good stretch of seasons, you know, being healthy. He mm-hmm. actually had a 50-point a game. That was like his career high. This late in the season, I mean, this late in his career, being able to put up those numbers, it just, that was a, a really good reassurance. All the, you know, all the people that keep up with him, like, man, D-Rose still got it, you know, so. How did you feel know. after that 50-point game? Honestly, I I knew he could do it. Like, I, a lot of people counted him out. Um, I've always kept up with him afterwards. I was really hurt when he got traded. I'm just like, man, you all got rid of Rose. Like, his career is done. He's only 29 years old. Uh, Kevin, to put it in perspective, Kevin Durant is 29 years old. Mm-hmm. And nobody's calling Kevin Durant old or washed or anything like that, you know. So, he still has a lot left in the tank. But watching that game, it was like, wow, just to see the emotion, just to – you, you kind of knew from the start, like, it was something about it. You know, you could tell whoever's playing, if uh, Kevin Durant is just on or LeBron is on, you'll know, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of those high games. Like, Clay Thompson, if he's on, like, yeah, he's just a possibility. He can go for 50. Right. And that's just, and you know, that's just kind of what it felt like. So, mm-hmm. for him to just rack it up like that, and after he scored the 50th point, he had the game-saving block at the buzzer. It was just, it was just amazing. You know, I, you know, I, I watch all his games, but just to see him do that and just kind of prove everybody wrong, you know, nothing changed on his end mentally, you know, he, he knew he could do it. And I think just in terms of everybody else looking from the outside in, it just goes to show like, Hey, you know, Derrick Rose is still here and he still has a lot more to offer to the game. And, you know, hopefully he doesn't, I don't see the Timberwolves trading him, but if, you know, he were was released or traded, there definitely is going to be another team that wants him on a veteran that can still put up those high numbers and just be a good locker room guy. That's what D Rose is, man. You know, that's why, you know, honestly, I didn't even go into this, but he got me into the game of basketball. Mm. 
like yeah. just watching Rose, I was like, man, like this is something that I should get into. And that was, I believe he was drafted in 08 and I just saw it. Everybody was talking like, man, Derrick Rose, he's from Chicago. He's hooping for the Bulls. I'm like, man, maybe I should get into this. It's probably a really good time to get into basketball. So that's why I got so much uh, emotional pull to him. You know, he's just, right. he's, he's the reason I got into it, you know, so. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I I don't know how I missed that. I probably should have said that. <laughs> All right. That's that's pretty cool. Now, with this draft, do you think Zion is going to be what everybody thinks he's going to be? I think Zion is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't been as much hype for a number one pick since LeBron. Mm-hmm. I would say Anthony Davis, but this this has been the hype of LeBron. Like, it's it's really wild. Being, you know, going to North Carolina A&T, um, everybody was watching Duke games. You know, Duke is in North Carolina. You know, it was just crazy. Every time a Duke game was on, I saw so many Zion Williamson jerseys on campus. It was crazy. Wow. And, you know, I honestly, I, I, I watch college basketball too. And I kind of like watching, you know, every team. But I was kind of locked in this whole season on Duke, just kind of seeing what's on focus. Because, you know, once people are in the NBA, you kind of want to look back and be like, yeah, I watched him. I watched him in college. I kind of figured he was going to do this in the NBA, right? You know, so just mm-hmm. just seeing him for Duke and just kind of shatter the records, you know, all these different awards. I remember watching one game. He had President Obama come to a Duke game, sit courtside. I want to say that was the game they played against the University of North Carolina. It's the hype has just been unreal, and what he's brought to the game. I was watching a, a segment of First Take not too long ago, and it was like, man, you can argue that you know Zion is the face of basketball right now, you know, yep. NBA included. You know, so I it's just it's crazy what he's done. It's been a joy watching him, and honestly, I think he's going to translate really well. At the end of the day, though, I do believe that it. You know, everything determines on what system you're put in. Mm-hmm. I will. I know that the Pelicans, I was watching the, the draft lottery last night, and I know the Pelicans got the number one overall pick. How? I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's a, it's a lottery. So, but yeah, so it looks like they're projected to get Zion. I don't know how that will work. I definitely could have saw it in a New York or, you know, I know the Pelicans have a lot of drama right now with Anthony Davis leaving and, you know, stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see what system he fits best in, but definitely. And I don't agree with Paul Pierce too much, uh, but he did. I do agree with this one thing he said. I think he would be a top 50 player in the league as oh. soon as he gets into the NBA. Yeah. You know, it's um, I, I really think he's going to be a really, really good player. It depends on what system he gets into. I don't think anybody has seen the athleticism at that size. Correct. He can shoot as well. It's just going to be a matter of if he works and if he gets w- within a system that allows him to flourish and doesn't try to take him away from doing what he regularly does. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, because think about it. Think, look at it's all about the system. You know, look at D'Angelo Russell, you know, what he what he was in L.A. I mean, he's good. He's good. You know, he was, you know, he gets you some buckets and, you know, he was the starting point guard. But mm-hmm. what he is in Brooklyn is totally different. He's a franchise player there. You know, it's like, like you said, it's just all about the system. What's the best fit, no matter how good you are, you know, even referencing, you know, I don't know if you remember, but this Lakers team uh, way back when had Kobe, Dwight Howard, um, Steve Nash, 
you know, everybody thought, yeah, Western Conference Finals for sure, and West Finals for sure. But you know, if it doesn't gel, if it, you know, if the system isn't correct, no matter how much talent you have, it just it won't match. It just won't gel. So hopefully, he gets to the right system because at the end of the day, you know, as a basketball fan, you want to see people succeed, and especially a talent like him, you want him to be in the right place. You know, just just for the good of the NBA. Right. Are you into basketball cards or football cards at all? You know, I've never had, I knew I had one set of uh, Chicago Bulls that had like the whole roster, but mm-hmm. I haven't really collected them. What about you? Back in the day I used to be, and then they were dead. So it was a supply and demand thing at that time, but I mm-hmm. kid you not, they are back. Wow, bro. So if you can get a Zion rookie, Panini Prism, um, graded, it's almost like, you know, you never know what it can turn into. It can turn into really a ten, twenty thousand dollar type of type of thing. And this you can know, come out of a six dollar ballpark. You know, and I thought about I, I heard about that too. Like, yeah, those these cards are kind of the real deal if you get the right one. My luck yeah. honestly has been trash because I used to play a lot of uh, you know, card games and just kind of collectible type stuff. And I would always look for that number that, you know, that exclusive card, you know, and I just never get my hands on like, man, I'm never going to get lucky with this. But like <laughs> you said, you know, if anybody pulls that card, that's like you said, that's like having a LeBron James rookie card vintage. Yeah. I, you put that, you put that on eBay. I, I'm pretty sure I can go on eBay right now. It would one, it would be hard to find. And two, if it is one up there, I, it would be way out of my budget. <laughs> so like, yeah, if you go on eBay and start looking up like, just rookie so they have to be rookie cards panini prism is one of those top packs and then they have to be graded so if they're graded then you know those were well the autograph ones uh, are valuable the ones that are sometimes they'll have a set that's only 25 cards of them so it'd be seven of 25 those are ones that are valuable things that have maybe a little jersey part of it in that card then those are valuable ones but take a look on them Take a look at him. I started buying some Colin Sexton ones because I think he's really undervalued. He really had a really good second half of the, of the year. And he I did. think he's going to really turn into something. So, you know, it's one of the ways I always, you know, people are always talking about, you know, how to make money and flip some money in, you know, in a short window. That's one of the most guaranteed ways to make 50 to 100% profit. You're talking about in a four or five month stretch. Yeah. And I'm on, I'm on eBay right now, actually searching through. Um, I, yeah, I, I see, I, I can't not find, and I figured I wouldn't be able to find a Zion Williamson one on here at all. Like I look for, you know, the Panini and the graded, but, yeah. um, yeah, honestly, after talking about this, I, I'm, I've actually, so I'm a huge Jersey guy myself. And whenever I buy, I just bought a Larry Market in Jersey, um, oh. you know, and honestly, I, I will go on eBay and I will see the rookie cards. I'm like, you know what, these, these cards are looking kind of nice, you know, and I kind of just wanted to have one just to have, you know, you, if it's your favorite player, it's like, yeah, just kind of, you know, collectible stuff like right. that. And they were, they were, for Laurie, it was relatively cheap. You know, I want to say it was no more than about $10, but mm-hmm. me, I might be a biased Bulls fan, but I think he's going to turn into something very, very special. He's, I think he was in the same draft class as Kyle Kuzma, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell. So he's kind of been under the radar under those guys. But in terms of proficiency, he's been just as good, you know, in a, in a bull system that needs a lot of help. So, And that's why I say it to someone like you that understands and knows basketball. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that 
Zion rookie is going to be a big deal, but if you can get that John Morant, where a lot of people may not think he's going to be that good, or you may mm-hmm. be able to get uh, what's the guy from uh, Duke, not RJ, yeah. but the other guy, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. So yep. he's flying under the radar. You may get a rookie from him. Maybe it may say you buy it on eBay for fifteen bucks, and then he turns into an All Star in a year or two. Then that same car may be trading for three or four hundred dollars so someone that has the knowledge and you can look ahead and say wait i think this guy is going to be good you may be able to buy it on ebay for 40 50 bucks after his first year and then turn that to two three hundred bucks so that's the reason i even brought it up to you because you love the game and you understand the game so you can kind of see someone getting better so so yeah that's uh that's that i know we could talk about that forever we may need to start a basketball podcast Hey, that hey, I'm all for that. <laughs> that right, exactly, right. Just you know, and it's it's crazy because you know everybody you know quote unquote watches basketball, but like you said, not everybody really you know goes into it like not in depth. You know, you just watch. Oh, the game is on. Okay, let me catch it. But some people, you know, they're tuned in not to just the games, but you know, they'll watch Sports Center or you know, kind of just keeping up with it when the season isn't going. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. the draft and you know, the lottery, for example. But, you know, just, you know, having the app, just keeping up with different teams and stuff like that, you know, it's always nice, you know, chopping it up with another basketball mind. It's, you know, kind of refreshing in my opinion. Definitely. It definitely is. So let's talk about uh, your app that you created. So you created the app Buckets Basketball Data. Tell me about mm-hmm. that. Definitely. So originally I knew I wanted to get an app out there. You know, that's every, you know, more or less a lot of people's uh, in computer science's dream is to get their one, some project they made to get it out there for people to enjoy. And, you know, I've had this dream to do it since about my summer of freshman year. I'm like, okay, I learned a good amount of stuff my first year at a and I want to kind of put it to use somehow, but I want it to be towards something that I'm passionate about. And when I, you know, when thinking of an invention or something, it's, it's really hard. The idea is hard itself, you know, and sometimes I, you know, you just have to let it come to you. And one day I just woke up. I was like, you know what? I was actually using the, the official NBA app and the ESPN app. And I was just thinking about the things that I liked about it, but also the things that I didn't like about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm in a basketball. Let's, let's get an app going. I'm going to create an app. Of course, it's an app out, out there already, the NBA app, but what can I do that would set minds apart from it, mm-hmm. right? That was a question that I initially wanted to ask. And when looking at those apps, I noticed that, you know, sometimes it's it can be overly complex. And I'm a tech guy, so it's really not for me, but from the daily user, some people just want to get to exactly what they want to use, quick, mm-hmm. fast, in a hurry, Without a whole lot of advertisements you don't want to see, without, you know, drilling down to five different pages and, you know, just without having to log in, you know, just a lot of, a lot of that extra. You just want to click the app icon, go to the app, bam, scores. Okay, cool. Let me go about my day again. Mm-hmm. That, that was the goal with the Buckets Basketball Data app. So um, the Buckets app, and that's, and I decided, yeah, I'm going to create an app that, has you know information i wanted to provide three main things scores stats and standings and that's me personally that's the most important thing you know that i want to check during the regular season Mm -hmm. and that's what i want to implement and that's what i did so 
um, having an app open right now, you know, it's um, it's five different tabs. You have scores, standings, teams. And another thing that I added was a quiz feature. And that was another thing I kind of wanted to set apart from the official NBA app or the ESPN app. I wanted to add some interactivity to it. I wanted to, you know, it's one thing. It's cool to, it's, I kind of compare it with reading a paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can read a paper and then put it down. Or you can read a paper and do a Sudoku puzzle. You can, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You can really interact with it and gain more from your experience if you give that option to the user. So what I wanted to do, I put in a quiz that has 10 questions. And it basically, at, you know, if you know basketball, you'll get a high score. But if you don't, it will pretty much tell you if you're incorrect or if you are correct. If you're incorrect, it doesn't give you the answer so that it can draw you back to kind of create an addictive factor to it so that you will keep on coming back and playing it until you get right. So, it, you know, it's a way of keeping you coming back to the app opposed to, you know, playing the game. Oh man, this is the answer. And then you don't come back to it. Right. You know, so you will really master the material. And I kind of use that as a teaching technique, you know, just to keep on trying over and over again. And then by that time, the, the, the your IQ is, is boosted it's more than the average person, you know, on the game of basketball. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at one question right now. It says, who invented the game of basketball? You got Frank Mann, Abner Doubleday, Walter Camp, or James Naismith? I'm going to ask you. I'm going to see if you, if you know. You know, I've got a feeling you're trying to trip me up. I know uh, Dr. Naismith was the one that, that really brought it. So I'm going to say Dr. Naismith, but I have a feeling he wasn't the founder. You know, you are 100% correct. James <laughs> Naismith invented the game of basketball. That, that, that is great. That's, and honestly, that's the one question that trips up people a lot. You know, okay. but, you know, but if you, if anybody I've, I've come across, they know that question. I'm like, yeah, they know a thing or two about basketball. Right. You know, and, and it's, and like you said, just knowing that, you know, it's, it, it, it kind of takes you away from just the, the regular scores, the stats, you know, you can Google that type of stuff, but to actually be able to, take something from an app gain something you know from a knowledge perspective that's a that that's that was really um a, that was a personal part for me i really wanted to create something that you know they don't just use but you actually gain something from it you like you know what i like using this app because i got something from it you know i learned a couple of things as well as being able to do what i you know what i need to in terms of checking the score and stuff like that you know it's just something different you want to set, you know, I want to, you know, anybody, like I said, you can have the ESPN app, but what is really going to separate your app from that? And that's why I wanted to make it a little bit more personal, a little bit more engaging, you know? So that's where the quiz feature came from. But, um, you know, going back to the core functionality of the app um, is really simple on the score screen. The first screen that you see, I have the bucket title at the front. It shows you today's games and it shows you yesterday's games. If there wasn't a game, then it just won't show anything at all. And when the season is done, it will just say, you know, no games are currently being displayed, you know, for the off season. But, and it's really easy to use. Like, I, I know everybody has Facebook and Twitter. Are you, if you're familiar with the just, if you're on a timeline and you just want to pull to refresh, that's exactly what you do with the scores. Once you pull to refresh the scores page, it will automatically update throughout the game. And, you know, it's and a reason I did it like that. Some people may ask, oh, why don't you have it updating automatically? Well, 
in most apps, it does do it automatically in the background. But, you know, most people don't pay attention to that. But from a computer science perspective, I studied and noticed that your battery can be drained mm -hmm. with it constantly going and updating in the background. But what if you just want to see the scores on the fly, just refresh it that one time and then you're done with it. That's what makes the Buckets app so lightweight and so straightforward because it just gets you what you want when you need it. And that was the real purpose behind it. And, what, what, oh yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, you really sold me when you said the quiz and, you know, it, it really gives, a, gives people a reason to come back and you can educate because just with HBCU grad, I've learned the content that works best is things that are entertaining and, and or educating. So mm -hmm. with your app, you're doing both. So, you know, you really sold me on that. So I don't want to I don't want to jump ahead if you are still saying something, but what type of challenges did you run into while creating that? Definitely. So I have a huge one and I'm glad you asked because honestly, I really didn't at for a time. I really didn't, didn't think this app was going to happen. So um, when creating when creating an app specifically for the app store and iOS for Apple, it, you, once you create your app, it goes through a review process. And, you know, it, Apple is notorious for um, rejecting apps uh, based on these really, really strict guidelines that they have. And it took me a very long time to get that passed. I want to say I finished the app in, I want to say March. Okay. And I wasn't able to get it out until April 15th. Okay. So it took an entire month after the app was done to put it on the app store. So just getting on the app store, the review process was a hassle in itself. So the problem was that, uh, well, initially the first problem was, hey, you got some copyright issues. And that was something that I had to look into myself um, pretty much. It was my first time even dealing with me on, on that type of level. But basically when you have a product that utilizes, you know, the names, the pictures, the logos, of something that belongs to someone else, like, you know, the official NBA logo, you know, the different team logos, that doesn't necessarily belong to me, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a process that I had to go to in order to actually use those logos so I wouldn't get in trouble. So that took a very long time. And even after that, you know, I, had to, I figured once I got the copyright issue done, um, that would be it. Now I'll move on and that would be on the App Store. But the last roadblock I hit was, I mean, get it and check this out. They said, hey, we need more functionality out of your app or it can't be on the app store. Mm. And that was one of the more interesting um, rejections I got. And that was the hardest one to get over, actually. It's just like, that's such a um, subjective response. Yeah. You know, it's just like, okay, according to you, I mean, what what is really... Well, you consider an app that has a lot of functionality, you know, it, for most apps, most apps, you go on the app store, they are really simple, straight to the point. Okay, I did what I need to do. I can leave. It doesn't necessarily need to be an app that sucks you in and keeps your eyes glued to the screen for five hours straight. And that with the Buckets app, that's what the goal was. It was to kind of get away from having your eyes glued to the screen the entire time. It was more of a, you know, one to simplify it because if you have a billion things to do in the app, then of course you'll spend more time in the app. But the Buckets app was meant to be really straightforward, really quick, simple, and easy to use. 
but to the fact that you can, you know, check it every day, opposed to being in it every day for hours on end, you know, because, you know, some people just want to get what they need and leave. So that was uh, a challenge for me. Um, so in terms of the functionality, what originally was what I had was just the scores in the standings. So I'm like, okay, what can I add that would be quick, but it won't necessarily, you know, take what my original image for the app was going to be, right? I didn't want it, I didn't want Apple to, you know, to kind of skew what my original focus of the app to be just because they say, hey, add more, you know, you don't want to add something that just doesn't make sense to that, for example, right? So that's actually honestly where the quiz came from. So the quiz functionality wasn't something that was originally, it wasn't in the original specs for the app. So I'm like, okay, let me add a quiz. And one, not only would that be adding more functionality, but it would also keep the user coming back to the app in an organic way. It's not like sending you notifications every five seconds, but it's just like, you know, yeah, you know what, I want to try that quiz again. You know, just kind of like challenge yourself. And, you know, it's it's not forced at all. It's really natural. And it's like, yeah, I want to come back and I want to do this just because I want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that type of if that makes sense. And on top of that, another functionality that I add, it, it was actually the app didn't have a setting screen at all. And, you know, most people might think, oh, it's a setting screen, you know, what's so special about that? But it's a really awesome feature that I add. It's a dark mode uh, feature. So initially when the app is first downloaded, it's pretty much, um, you know, pretty much white uh, in terms of background. But most people, and from a computer science student, when I got to look at a screen all of the time, I know for a fact by looking at dark mode, it's so much easier on your eyes and you can use it for you know a very long time especially people with glasses contacts i want to look out for you know for you know just make it a more like you said more um custom experience for one but also um being able to look out for people and their needs as well you know right. because the nba app i'm not saying that it's you know it's background is bad but you know you want i feel like me personally an app that i want to use is something that i can customize you know that fits me more you know so that's what the dark mode and light mode feature was set out to do. So it's really just a click of a button. You just switch it and it will toggle on and off. So a lot of people love the dark mode. I was like, hey, I'm glad I added it because initially I didn't even think about it. But, you know, so the dark mode, I also have a contact us page. So if you're experiencing any issues with the app or even if you have, a, um, you know, questions about the app or if you perhaps want to reach out to me and I possibly, you know, want to look into the services of possibly needing me making an app for someone. They can click that and it will basically autofill with my email address and you can just type an email and send it on the fly, right? So that's one feature I added. Another one uh, as well as, you know, the ability to rate the app if you do like it. You know, I want to say that the app currently has 118 five-star ratings. Wow. So, yeah, I I didn't think it would – I didn't. I mean, I knew I had support, but I didn't think it would be that big. So I'm just really, you know, grateful for everybody that took the time to do that, because you know, the the more ratings and support it gets, you know, the bigger it'll get, the more people will notice it, and you know, it's that's all I can ask for, you know, for a project, you know. So it's uh it's going really well with that, and I even have the uh, uh, the ability to you can follow us. So by clicking the follow us option in the um in the app, it'll automatically take you to the Twitter page where I run the Twitter page is a real buckets app. And pretty much it just um, kind of tweets out 
uh, information regarding the NBA, um, information regarding the Buckets app itself, whether a new update's been released, whether it's a new cutting edge feature that, you know, everybody wants to know about. Just And like you said, just being able to interact with the app on, you know, a different level. Like you said, the ESPN app, it has a Twitter page, but it doesn't have a page for the app, right? So it's just a different level of engagement. You know, someone can tweet the app, hey, man, I like the app. You should add this though, you know. So it's kind of like a, it's it's more organic, and I feel like people would get more out of it being able to just kind of communicate with the developer of that, which is me, you know. So that's uh why I did that. Um, I don't want to drag two on, but just kind of highlighting the other features. Um, you know, I wanted to look out for this generation as well. Social media is everything. So on the uh, score screen you can actually swipe right on a game and you and you will notice it's like a tweet function. So you can press tweet and it will take you to a Twitter page if you have a Twitter and it will auto-populate with the score of the game if it's a game going on or if the game hasn't started yet, I can tweet and the tweet will auto-populate and say something like Toronto versus Milwaukee tips off at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time from Pfizer form. Download the buckets app, blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's it creates a social factor to it. You know, it's not just you using the app, but it allows you to not only connect with, you know, your followers, but honestly just interact with the app and keep, you know, your friends up to date. You know, some people might not be able to watch the game and, you know, they might not have time, but just tweeting out that simple update not only helps yourself, but it helps different followers that you want to just keep posted. You might follow basketball fans, you know, so just being able to share that um, functionality, just to share what's going on in the game, I think is pretty cool. And uh, I hopefully hopefully trying to get a Facebook feature in as well so you can share it on Facebook and possibly even Instagram. You know, those are just things that I'm thinking about right now. But, you know, the beautiful thing about computer science and having an app is that the work never really stops. The project is never really done. It's organic, somewhat like a resume. You know, you're yeah. constantly working on it. You're constantly improving. You know, so that's kind of how I'm treating the app. And I'm open to all different suggestions and feedback because at the end of the day, the Buckets app is for the people, you know, and mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, that's whose feedback I want because, you know, that's, that's, it's their product. It's not just mine. It belongs to everybody else. And that's kind of how I want to run it. I'm a, I'm a basketball guy. So I'm going to use your app from, from here on out because even when we put things out or we put any type of products out, I want people to support it, but only if they use that type of product already. So it'll be organic for me to use it. So exactly. I'm going to definitely be a user. Um, for anybody that wants to build an app, what's the first thing they should do and how should they go about building an app? Definitely. So me personally, if I would say I still would have went to college if I didn't know this information I'm about to share. But you know, honestly, you do not really need to wait to go to college to start creating an app. There are so many resources out out there for free that you can utilize. You can make an app today if you haven't even touched code before. It's really amazing. And that's the beauty behind, you know, that's the beauty of computer science, in my opinion. It's not like law school. You don't need to, you know, study eight years to get that skill. You can create something right now today and you don't have to be discouraged at all. But um, I utilize YouTube. YouTube, everybody uses it. Um, pretty much you go to YouTube.com. You can create, you can type in something as simple as 
how to create an iOS app. And there are so many um, instructors on YouTube um, that pretty much put out free videos on, you know, and, and the way it's, it's more tutorial style. If, you know, I know some people watch, you know, hair tutorials or, you know, just movie tutorials, what have you. They have tutorials on how to code and the good instructors will pretty much take you from the ground up. They're expecting you not to know much at all or, you know, haven't touched code whatsoever. And they will build you from the ground up to the point where you create a product. Um, oftentimes it will be like very, you know, something very simple, like a, um, like a calculator or a flashlight app or something like that. But, you know, just to be able to start from ground zero, use the resource like the internet, like YouTube, just type in, Hey, how to make an app. They will take you from ground up and create you something in the first day. And, at the, and what that's all about is, it's just giving you the confidence you know, to uh, know that you can create something like that. And then once you do that, you can move on forward. You can look at more videos. You can, you know, enroll in online courses that go more in depth. But for anybody out there that wants to create an app, go to YouTube. Just And that's with anything. Just go to YouTube, search it up. How do I make an app or create an app tutorial? And, you know, it, it'll be, I tell you, millions of videos out there. It, it's all for the taking. Right. How do you advertise and how do you plan on monetizing the app? Definitely. So for this app, I want it to be um, 100% free. I don't plan on uh, getting any um, revenue from the app. Um, and there's a few reasons behind that. Uh, one, because this app, for example, it's at the end of the day, it's all stuff that I believe you can Google if you really wanted to or you wanted to go out there and kind of search it up. You can. Um, I just think that the app is really convenient to have it all in one place. But uh, the goal was to have it 100% free. I didn't want to have any in-app purchases or had advertisements that kind of block the user experience. So that's why it's like that. But going forward, I do create, I do plan on having apps that you, you know, will have to purchase, whether it's 99 cent, whether it does include advertisements, but strictly only because this is my first product and I wanted to make it as clean as possible, you know, and just kind of leave a really good impression. That's why it's 100% free. Um, but um, I'm trying to think, what was the other question you asked? I apologize. I, it slipped my mind. How do you advertise? How do you get people to know about uh, your app? Definitely. And it's really crazy that you ask. Um, because once you, once I created the app, it's like, okay, cool. The app is there now. Of course, you shared it with your friends, but how do you grow it, right? And that kind of um, happened with, so originally HBCU game day. Are you, are you familiar with that, um, that, um, that page? Mm-hmm. It makes some really good content. Yeah, so they reached, they reached out to me and they said they wanted to you know, create an article you know, about the app and kind of just my story. I was like, hey, okay, let's do it. So after we did that, you know, he posted it and stuff like that. A local news anchor in Greensboro, North Carolina is Channel 2 News, WFMY. They said, hey, we want to do an on-camera interview about your app. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, this is cool. You know, let's let's do it. And that went very well. And from there on, I'm, I decided, like, okay, this app isn't something that could just be small. You can really run with this. And honestly, I didn't have that in my mind. I'm just like, okay, so people, obviously they like it and they want to put it out there. So why should I just stop at the news, putting it out there? Why don't I just put it out for myself? 
So that's where I started reaching out to um, not only posted it on social media, of course. So I have Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I've been blasting it like crazy. I've been telling people, hey, drop it in your group chats, uh, share it with your friends. But I, only, I realized that only goes so far. So what I've started doing now is reaching out to different pages that, uh, you know, will help promote, con- you know, the content that they're looking for, including, you know, HBCU grad, reach out to you recently and, you know, hope to promote it uh, via you guys, which I'm so grateful for. Um, a lot of different HBCU pages, because at the end of the day, um, while I want to expand my audience, I think it's really good to start off with, um, you know, HBCU uh, support pages, because at the end of the day, you know, I, I attend HBCU. I personally support all things HBCU when it comes to clothing. If someone puts out some music, I'm going to, you know, get some of the streams up and listen to them. So I'm like, okay, if I put out an app, maybe I can reach out to, you know, some people that want to put out, um, you know, something positive that an HBCU student is doing. And that's, that is advertising in itself. And like you said, it's people that, you know, some of these pages, I want to say you all have like 70, 70 K plus followers. I am never going to touch that many followers. I don't believe, but you know, like you said, just, you know, connecting with these, you know, different news uh, outlets, just kind of like promoting myself and seeing if they don't, you know, if they wouldn't mind putting it out there. I really think that's the support of the app and the downloads. It would really just spread like wildfire. So that's kind of where my start is, but I don't think it stops there as well because eventually I, you know, hope to um, possibly, you know, get in the newspaper, uh, possibly even have a, um, a on on TV interview. I mean, not even an interview, but an on TV commercial by chance. You know, I want to look into the pricing and stuff like that uh, for sure. I'm pretty sure it's it's not cheap, but you know, I want to look into it and see what's the possibilities. Uh, as well as uh, someone has been reaching out to me in terms of you know having advertisement on Instagram. Instagram has uh, um, a advertising service. So does Facebook. You know, so this is one of the newer things that I'm delving into, just advertising as a whole. Because I know some people go to they go to school for this. You know, yeah. so, you know they go to school for marketing and you know just really knowing how to deal with the business side of something. So all of this is super new to me. But I'm definitely taking it a day at a time and reaching out to, you know, the experts on these things and the people that know a thing or two about it, who's made an app before, who's, you know, successfully been able to promote and advertise it and keep it going after its initial release date. So, like I said, definitely not an expert, but I'm definitely, you know, taking pride in growing on it and and just, you know, um, you know, doing my best to learn more about it. I think a podcast will really serve you well because, you project well and you understand basketball and you know basketball and you can talk it and you love it and you live it. I think mm-hmm. a, a, a podcast would really do well because I, I just think voice is the next, is the next wave uh, because it's passive consumption. So mm-hmm. when people are working out or when people are just shooting around by themselves and they got their earphones on when they're driving, uh, you know, they can listen to a podcast. So, I think a podcast would be extremely big for you. You know, you're already on Twitter, you know, you're on Facebook, uh, writing articles, just basketball articles on Medium. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I love Medium. Like I do, I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize Medium was so big. Like I use it like just, um, it's crazy for coding tutorials. Like if I run into a problem, I will Google something and there'll be like 15 Medium articles on how to solve it. I'm like, wow, Medium is pretty next level. You know what I love about Medium is their editors 
can push some things to the top. So if you write an article that really, really hits with one of their editors and they push it to the top where it gets a lot of views, you can, you know, I hate to use the word viral, but you can go viral quickly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I love about Medium so much. So that Cora, Cora, are you hip to Cora? I am not. Cora is great. It's a question to answer site, Q-U-O-R-A. Um, that's a great way to really add value. So if people are asking basketball questions, you just answer those questions. And Oh, my gosh. Cora, yeah. Okay, I take that back. Yeah, I use that all the time. Yeah, it's 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 huge for question and answers. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I go on it so much, I don't even realize right. that's the name of the website. I had to think about it. But yeah, the, it's like red and white, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. Cora. Is great just answering questions and um, you know people figure people figure things out. You don't have to say, "Hey, go try out my app." Sometimes you can leave a link there, but if you leave enough value, people will figure it out. People say, "Oh, let me see what this guy's up to." Mm-hmm. You know, that younger demo is so big on Snapchat. So you know, Snapchat is big. You know, through an email list is big. Um, putting together a text platform you know, would be big. So it's really just a content thing. You know, what else will work well for you is developing an Alexa skill, you know, just, just creating content everywhere, even creating some merch, you know, would, you know, it'd be good awareness and just bringing things, bringing top level awareness to what you're doing by adding value to where everybody else is at would right. be, you know, would be a good, good way. I'll tell you what, one of the cheapest ways to advertise, if you want to go the Instagram way is Instagram stories ads. Oh, wow. So those are getting like $5 CPM. So that's $5 for a thousand, for a thousand, um, for a thousand views. So that's a, that's a good thing too. So that's not bad, you know, and I think I've actually, I didn't really pay too much attention, but I've started noticing advertisements you know in between um stories yeah in between. and i'm like oh, oh okay this is this would reach out nicely actually yeah that's pretty awesome yeah i want to look into that you're right and then twitch are you on twitch i'm not but people have been told, telling me to get hit to that yeah twitch, it's kind of like a stream it's like a streaming platform mm-hmm. right? yeah you can stream and you know it's uh it's going to be huge because, as you know, video games are bigger than everything. Music, movies, all that combined. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can just be on there playing 2K and you'll just bring awareness to what type of app you have just because you play 2K. That's true. That is true. You know, so it's it's so many different ways to, you know, bring bring awareness to it. But it's just creating content and doing as much of it as possible. Right. So, you know, I know, you know, I, you'll figure it all out. So if people want to find you, where can they find you, your app and um, everything else that you have going on? Definitely. So my uh, my Twitter and Instagram handle is Smooth. It's R-O underscore S-M-O-O-V-E. Don't don't kill me on that. That was a name I made in high school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so just Smooth. And uh, I actually created an account on Twitter as well as Instagram for the Buckets app as well. So it's actually just real Buckets app and straight like that. No no underscores or anything, just real Buckets app. And on both of those pages, I, you know, on my personal page, I tweet about the app and, you know, occasionally, you know, just uh, pretty much sports, everything tech, um, for the most part, interacting with friends. But the Buckets app itself, um, pretty much just retweets the different 
uh, scores of the NBA, what's going on in live tweets. Use the Twitter feature of the app to keep all of the followers up to date with what's going on, um, as well as um, just interacting with the people that enjoy the Buckets app. Because a lot of people uh, tag the Buckets app and just show that they're using it. Um, they'll, you know, tag us in the tweet feature showing us that, hey, this, you know, download the Buckets app. This is a really nice way of sharing with friends and stuff like that. So um, really just a way to keep people up to date and have a social aspect to the app. So definitely. Mm -hmm. All right. Definitely. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, really excited about your future. Really excited about your app. Um, I think you, you know, you're on to something big here. You know, I think uh, oftentimes people think the first one or the first business that you do is going to be the big one, but mm -hmm. oftentimes it's not. It's, it's a matter of patience. It's a matter of staying at it. It's a matter of staying humble, staying as close to the customer as possible. And right. I just have a feeling in my gut that, you know, you're going to do some big things in this podcast. We'll look back and say, and laugh at it and talk about, you know, where you were 20 years ago, and then, you know, you'll be, you know, something huge in 20 years. So, I really appreciate you taking the time. I, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, before we leave, I want you to ask the question of the day. It can be about anything. And you can go selfish. You can say, you can ask them, ask our followers anything you want, but you can get a lot of feedback uh, about anything. You can ask them about the app, what type of features you want them, what, that they would like to see you add. Uh, mm -hmm. But you can ask anything. So you can ask the question of the day. Awesome. Definitely. So, I, I originally I would have probably asked, hey, what do you want me to add? But I want to kind of put something into everyone else's minds and have them thinking about something that um, will have them, you know, uh, create something or whatever they're doing in their life. My question to you would be, are you going above and beyond? That's a great question. That's a great question. I really appreciate it, Romel. Best of luck to you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I'm just so thankful and I appreciate everything you've done. So have a great, uh, great day and just, you know, continue to be, uh, just put out the great content that you all do. Please, please follow HBCU grad. I love it. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the attention you give us and I appreciate the feedback you give us as well. If you can do me a, a really big favor, please go rate us on iTunes. Uh, that will really mean a lot to us. If you think it was really great, give us a five. If you think it was terrible, you know, a one star. But please give us your honest feedback. Also, tell your friends that they're missing out on the best podcast in the world. I see the numbers. I see how many of you guys are listening. And uh, you're not telling your friends. So tell them that from pretty please. Have a good one. Talk to you soon.